Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Just a quick warning. This podcast series contains discussions about crime, trauma, sexual abuse, drug use, and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. Dr. Zach Turner, welcome to The Stick Up. Thank you. It's a, been a little bit of a fun trying to get here finally, but I'm excited. Mate, I tell you, I am... Um, when I first met you, I just I said to my partner Mary at the time, I said that bloke, honestly, he's the one of the most flamboyant, engaging person I've ever met. You know, one of the flamboyant, engaging people I've ever met. And then I met your talented partner Alex, and I was just blown away. Like, born in Colombia, French, speaks five languages, and he's a a very talented. I'll get caught up in this word, pianist. That's it. That's it. And what the heck is he doing with me? Yeah. Uh, but I uh, I mean, we met 11 years ago now yeah. uh, on a double date with our ex-girlfriends. Yeah. And uh, I've always dated boys and girls and he hadn't. And so I spent, gosh, six months. I learned how to run to try and do masculine things so I could get him out and then uh, burnt that house down a little bit and got got Tarzan so but he is, he does look like Tarzan he yeah he uh definitely does I mean of course I was having dreams about Tarzan but uh <laughs> it's uh he doesn't remember anything about meeting me other than I had orange pants on which I thought were rad yeah um orange is great color I think it's great yeah totally he was like nah not not in for that and uh meanwhile I was like enamored and next day broke up with my partner and then began six months of basically trying to uh, woo this guy <laughs> and uh, now it's, yeah, he's pretty darn great. So, All right. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Where would you grow up? Gosh, um, I'm the eldest of five kids, um, missionary parents. So uh, mum and dad have always worked in, in they are, I'm so lucky to have such amazing parents who are, uh, I mean, didn't finish grade nine, either of them, but are highly evolved in terms of creating communities and, and conversations. So they, uh, I was born in Toowoomba in uh, T-Bar and then we moved straight to Burke. Yeah. And back at Burke. On Home of Clive Berghofer. That's, Clive, I, look, I met Clive a couple of times mm. back, back in the day. and He's uh, a philanthropist, didn't he, up that way? He is. He's does lots of good stuff. I mean, he owns him and uh, not, I don't even know if it's, I'm going to get confused whether it's the Wagner Group. Wagner Group got the airport net up there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not not the Russians. Mm. Um, But uh, (laughs) (laughs) different, different. But they own a fair bit. But yeah, grew grew up there, lots and lots of turners, hundreds of turners in that area. That's my... My last name, and we're not we're not Catholic, but just uh, <laughs> farmers who needed Xboxes, I reckon. But in grade two and three, because we moved to Dolby, um, I had six Turner boys in grade two and three with me, cousins. That's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, definitely Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up basically on big farms, and my parents were working with big farmers who were very philanthropic and wanted to support underprivileged youth mm. on the farms. Yeah. And so they would set up the programs to support the farmers. And, I mean, it was amazing growing up on farms in, in Burke and Emerald and Rockhampton and all these country places, but then moved to the sunny coast for kind of teenage years. When did you sort of show this, like, th- this 
I don't know, you're, you're one of the smartest human beings I've ever met in my life. Where did you show, where did you display, like were you ever identified as from a young age as, you know what I mean, for your intelligence? Um, I was certainly tall, was easy to identify. <laughs> um, I, I was always doing lots of different things at school and I guess I wasn't that great until I picked up a book, I think in grade three or four, and read King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table and I just got enamoured with the fantasy of kind of life. And I guess kind of, I think a lot of my approach to medicine comes a little bit from that mystical side of, of helping people and changing their perceptions about themselves. And so after that, thankfully I was so tall, I did didn't get bullied, but some mm. lunch times I would sit under the tree in the in Emerald and read. I think I read Lord of the Rings when I was about in grade five or something. It took me a long time. Mm. Um, I read the porn version. The, well, it's, <laughs> Lord it's, of the Ring. <laughs> I think that's a pop up now. Actually, I think you can see that one as a pop up. And um, but yeah, it, I mean, I was just I was never the the best, but I guess I was really happy at being eighty percent because I liked doing lots of different stuff. And yeah. I think I'm pretty much should be the, the peanut boy that if you you stay at it long enough, you will, you'll get there. I mean, I started mm. uni really young and have just kind of continued to when study. When you say young, how old were you when you started uni? Well, I got homeschooled for high school. Yeah. Um, it was way too naughty. Do you reckon that was, reckon that was more beneficial? Like, because would you, would you recommend it, like homeschooling? For... Lots of people, yes. I um, was very self-motivated mm. and mum and dad wanted us each in grade eight to come home, do a year at home, make sure we didn't miss out on anything in primary mm. school because we travelled a lot. I was in like, I went, I went to like seven different primary schools, uh, lots of different towns and mum and dad wanted us to do some aid work mm. somewhere in the world so we got some perspective. Mm. Um, at the end of that, I, I went up to uh, uh, worked on the old Smoky Mountain, which is in Manila in, in the Philippines mm. for um, a how, month. How old were you then? I was 12. Yeah. Um, and the same height as I am now, I'm 6'5", I'm so mm. I kind of shot up and then got 6'5 quite... at 12 years old. Is that like, wow, that's tall, man. It's, it's um, I mean, when I made some of the... Oh, gosh, the state team. I was like the fifth tallest. When so we say, now, now, this is what I want to backtrack a little bit. So you showed some really good sporting, you know, prowess at a young age too because of your height. Obviously, basketball would have been one of them and, and beach volleyball, yeah? Yeah, beach volleyball. And you represented Australia in both, didn't you? Yes, yeah. 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 Well, I um, in basketball several times and then went to all the, the – it was in Australia that we had like the beach volleyball tournaments and I was a couple of years younger, but we came second, so that was mm. – Second place is the first loser, I guess. So not as not as much fun. But I mean, never have I been in uh, a hotter sport. And I was like this gangly, like young guy, mm -hmm. and there were just guys and girl babes everywhere. It was <laughs> it was heaven. I didn't know what to do. I was like, what? Mm. And so I then didn't go back to school because I made a couple of sporting teams. It was just kind of too hard. And I'd get up at growing up on farms and having parents that instill kind of that work ethic of getting up and, and and having a process where you form habits is so good in teenagers and, and our whole family were getting up at 4.30 or 5 and so I'd get all my schoolwork done by yeah. 6.30 and then go play sport and then spent every year I'd go and do different aid work through Indonesia and uh, Irianjaya, so that West Papua New Guinea, um, and we would just find different people that were doing that. And because I was working minimum wage um, as a youth and then would head off overseas. So it really I had, a, I had an amazing time and I sometimes do wonder what my parents were kind of thinking, letting me just go <laughs> to, off. Off to you go. Off. Go to West Popular. People are getting heads chopped off up there. It was, it was um, we had some hectic experiences. We were trying to build a runway in some of the really remote areas and when we were leaving we walked down this path for like kind of a day and then we all got arrested um by the 
Indonesian police there um, because we found out later that they was a mass grave and they had actually um, and we had cameras and stuff and so all got chucked in the back of a military van and and uh, or, or truck rather and ferried back to the main kind of camp because at that point it was and it's still such a volatile place because there's just no uh, local people in in parliament they all the locals uh, lost all their businesses and everything as it's almost got repopulated. And I don't think we want to go into the political situation mm. there mm. for now, but, gosh, it was an eye-opener and sadly lots of the people that really helped us um, and were part of it later on got arrested and we never really heard from them again. Crazy. Where did your... Um where did you? That's it's really sad because that's obviously you have a lot of empathy and compassion that's shown through the work you do. You know what I mean? You're a very kind and generous person with your time. You know, and I found that I've been on the receiving end of that myself, and I, I'm grateful for that. Mate, where does that come from? Does it come from your parents or what? Is it? Is, do you think? Definitely my parents. Definitely mm. my parents. My parents are. They are fascinating. Pair and it's great that they had their fortieth wedding anniversary this year, and um, yeah, they're they're inspiring. And I mean, just for an example, we ha- we have a family group chat, and probably two weeks ago, we get this message being like, "Dad, with these two young uh, Israelis, that he's like, oh, they're moving in for for ten days because Dad." Got chatting. Are to they me. the ones I found at Bunnings? At Bunnings, yeah, at Bunnings. And, <laughs> and so Dad's like, "Oh, you can't, you can't do your van out like this. I'll help you do the roof." Mm-hmm. And so we've always had this mentality of of uh, of, of helping out wherever we can, and that's yeah. I, Not enough of that's done these days, is it? People overlook the bloke or woman struggling. I think if we were more like that, what a kind, what a better world we live in. That person that's just carrying, you know, freezing cold. Man, wow. What good people. They they really are and I think it's um oh, yeah, can't can't say enough good stuff about them and and they have been great. But I mean, my mum was is I mean, still a bit of a bit of a babe and uh still a bit of a babe. <laughs> but she still looks like my my sister. She's amazing, but she had five kids at 25. Mm. In the in in the bush in mm. Burke. Like you see photos. I'm yeah. like you're a child. Like mm. I mean, I don't even know. Like, I look at them, I'm like, gosh, the things you get from your parents. But the with, with people having kids later, it's such an interesting thought process that the things I, I mean, I, I was partway through like my second or third uni degree at that point and working and playing sport. Selfish as all get out, like just doing exactly what I wanted to do. True, I'd go and do aid work. But the reality is that... For the first one or two months when you go and do humanitarian work, you are totally taking. You're you're not an effective asset mm. to so you have to go to those places for a while. And so yes, I, I did a lot of that. And but I really have to acknowledge the the amazing people that are there all the time that were willing to take in a, a young guy, true, that was kind of interested, but I wasn't particularly useful. Mm. I mean, I could do some outreach stuff. Mm. I, I mean, now that I'm more and more qualified, it, mm. it becomes yeah, a lot easier. Sure. But, yeah, it's uh, definitely a paying it forward kind of mentality. So, It's beautiful. Yeah. When did your interest in, in medicine, when did you kick that off? When did that well, – was, was it from a young age, like were you like cutting rats up and stuff like that and trying to put them back together or what? what's the deal? What? Uh, I um, I think my dad was a, a builder and my, one of my brothers is a builder. And so I like f- sort of growing up and building homes. And, and I mean, my parents were moving around a lot and there was just never money. So we were always working out on, on the house and, and helping mm. mum and dad out. So there's always that, that kind of physical repair side. Mm. So I really went into medicine or originally thinking surgery. Yeah. And very much trained in orthopedics and was going to go down that trauma side because of the aid work. Because mm. um, you would have seen a lot of lost limbs and stuff like that, wouldn't you? Over oh, there. mate, like the, 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 on a daily basis in some of the, the hospitals and stuff when I was in uh, like the Congo and, and, and Cape Town and doing different things, like what you see on a daily basis is, I mean, from, a, from an interesting point of view, I mean, it's, it, 
the coolest kind of surgeries mm. that you'd only get once or twice a year in Australia. Mm. But over there, it's having. Would all you get the excited time. about a surgery like that? Like you know, when I say excited, would it challenge you? Mm. Yeah, is that what you get excited about the challenge? Like the challenge, but also you're fixing. And I, and I like. I mean, I didn't go necessarily into medicine, and even think about medicine when I was younger. I was really lucky that I knew. And I had a bit of a drive about what I wanted to do. And I, and I would write it down from a young age. Um, I would go, cool, this is what I want. This is the steps to do it. Journaling is in journaling, is that yeah, what you're saying? I yeah. encourage journaling. Journaling so good for goal setting. and Oh, it's 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 amazing. But also just to remember the good things that's happened and, and mm. like give a bit of thanks for that. Mm. I'm trying to rediscover it at the moment because mm. life, um, and we're going to mm. go into this, but like life gets in the way and then you start to forget the things that made you who you were um, and you, you you lose a lot of those great. Who is it? But can I go back on that? Who? What were the things that make you who you are? Give us five of them. Five of them. Look, obviously you you have uh, you have your DNA DNA and, and, and genetics, mm. but that's such a tiny part because most I mean humans share ninety nine percent of the same. Stuff. So it's the, your epigenetics. It's the experiences and the and the processes. And I guess my parents growing up in the bush, no TV, uh, always uh, doing stuff outdoors and kind of um, finding interests. I mean, it's going to be an interesting process. And if you look at the way our brains are changing over the last 50 years in regards to having computer screens there and our hippocampus, which is one of the parts of our brain that, that looks at processing information, it's growing a lot. But whether there's going to be a, a, a change with, with the ability for people to find interesting things and, and, and uh, um, entertainment for themselves yeah. without... Without a phone. Yeah. I'm like and, lost. Yeah, like, and I was always very active and racing around and chatting and I was half the time in trouble because I was always talking to bloody everyone all the time. And um, so I think the saving thing for probably having five kids was being in the bush and and being like cubbies and mm. all, the, all the rest of it and, and pets and cows and all the things that you kind of do um, on big farms. And mm. so... I mean, one of the farms uh, in Berk, uh, Darling Farms, from the people living on there, the school that went from like preschool to grade nine, I think there was 110 kids at one point. On one farm? On one farm. How many acres Jeez. was that? Uh, 40,000 with cotton hmm. and then they had a whole lot of other bits yeah. and pieces. And they're I mean, amazing family that um, so generous and really instilled a lot of that generosity. Um and and they were really community focused. Like like Grandma Buster used to like cook up. What is the name, Grandma Buster? Grandma Buster, yeah. And they I came from the like US. That. Oh, she was just a, a delight. And um, um, lots of those great role models. You you go these these people are the soul of the earth. This is what um, community and and culture should be about. You talk about three degrees. What degrees did you get? What have you got? What are you qualified? Mm. Um, I uh, I finished school pretty young from from homeschooling, and I was travelling, so I kind of kept on sending in ex- exam papers and mm. things, so I could keep getting Centrelink um, while I was overseas. <laughs> um, so my first one was actually theology, yeah. um, and uh, and then I was, uh, as I say, I was a missionary in in the Congo for goodness sakes <laughs> for a while, and and I often say that I, in my defence, I thought of, of it more of as kind of a position in a profession. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if my mum likes that joke. Um, so I, I did that, but I, I studied uh, apologetics, which is history of mm. religion, which is mm. really fascinating. And I, I kind of nearly got there, but I'd always I, I knew I wanted to do medicine because I knew I wanted to do a few different things in life. Mm. And I always liked presenting and uh, and I didn't really love, I mean, I love theatre and acting, Mate, I've seen I've seen a few of your performances. You're you're a very talented actor. Oh, that's that's um, especially musicals. <laughs> <laughs> we are. I always play the villain normally. Um, I've done that too. That's <laughs> overrated. It's overrated. <laughs> yeah, it's um. I think I probably only got the roles though because I was the only person taller than the uh, 
than the main female lead. Okay. So so one of the times they called me up, they're like, "Look, you're the only person who's taller. Who's who's? Uh, I hadn't even auditioned. They were just like, we've got a really tall Belle. Could you could you please be Gaston or the Beast? We just need someone who's yeah. taller than Belle. Um, yeah. And uh, but I thought no, Med is something that um, I like. Um, fixing broken things, and I, I never really did it to to work necessarily with sick people. I like proactive people who uh, take ownership of their health. And one of the things I I really struggle with is that lots of people just think, oh, that, that's that's the doctor's job. Like I'm I'm going to just uh, handball it off there, mm. and and I uh, and with my patients don't tolerate. A lot of that because you have to know about it. Like medicine without mm. knowledge and intention is is just not going to work anywhere near as good. Yeah, I or, like working with a doctor. Like I, I'm really active. I like looking after myself and I'm looking for ways. Thank you. I'm looking for ways to sort of improve my health, you know, and um, I love working with a doctor with that attitude. Well, I am. Um, uh, part I, is, isn't it one of yours? Bio, you're a biochemist as well. Yes, yeah, so I did biomedical science, and so um, worked in biochemistry and so drug formulation. Okay, es- essentially, yeah. I mean, that's why I'm fun at parties. If I can't prescribe <laughs> it, I can make it. Um, allegedly, a- allegedly, allegedly. Um, yeah. It's a. I'm, I'm doing a the diploma in psychedelic and hallucinogenic medicine. Um, that's the so there's. Yeah, there's lots of future things. Do you reckon the future's in that, like as in dealing with mental health and that sort of stuff? I think the, the runs are on the board. Well, it's obvious that what we're doing is not touching the sides. Mm. And I think we have to change our complete process around this and go, look, the brain is an organ. It's It, it needs blood flow. It needs nutrients like any muscle group. But then it also needs training. And mm. it's not just... Uh, uh, working it out and just doing strength training like your body needs. It also needs cardio and stretching. Mm. And I think we're just looking and finding out. I think medicine is finally trying to catch up to science because the thing about medicine and and lots of these, um, uh, well, with anything that you're, you're dealing with with people is is first do no harm. And so there's a lot of fear that you don't want to try new things because there's not enough evidence out there, which is true. But lots of the medical textbooks, when I first started science, we were reading biomedical science, we were reading from textbooks which were written 20 years earlier. But science, like, is jumping forward so fast. So, mm. and, and then the whole concept of, of quantum physics and, and physics and, and biophysics and biohacking. And that AI about, to add to that. Enormous, enormous. And there's so many cool things that, Medicine is is really slow to the mark. In some areas, we're getting better and we're pushing forward. But I guess with any kind of, uh, uh, I guess with any kind of uh, tightly held knowledge bank, where where there's a lot of people that have attained this knowledge and and trying to do it respectfully and in the correct way. It takes a lot of work to steer that ship in a different direction, um, and so then I did. I I, uh, I really wanted to study medicine in France. So I really wanted to learn French, mm. and so I was like, "Oh well, I'm going to do nursing." I yeah. was in the Aussie team for basketball at that point. I was like, "Cool, I'll do nursing because then I can work in in France and 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 do medicine." And uh, I'd been to the Congo and, and worked there for six months, which was in insane um, period and. Uh, I worked in the north, but I, I kind of flew in to uh, uh, one of the big cities that was getting uh, blown up at that point, jumped on a boat, went across to Brazzaville on the other side of the river mm. um, and uh, then went up north there, worked in uh, helping build a hospital in the morning and then the clinic in the afternoon. And I guess I was doing biomedical science by that point and still not particularly probably very useful because I hadn't done nursing and these other things, but I, I was doing a lot of the outreach around vaccination. You've done that with things. the intentions of going into medicine as sort of sort of solidifying and, and putting a real good foundations in your medical group. Is that what you wanted to do? Did you wanted to combine the both? To, was that your intention? Yeah. Yeah. It was always I was always you wanted to know why and how. Exactly. Combine. And I, totally. And that's where the the 
biomed stuff started. I guess I partly did. That's biomed. a great combination, don't you think? Because a lot of doctors don't even know what they're prescribing. No, and or haven't tried lots of the different parts to it. And and I don't go and say go and try every single medication, but you need to know what you're doing mm. and, and 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 the effects of it. And I always say to my patients, like the minute I stop looking like you want to look mm. in some sort of aspirational way. If I start mm. getting, like, you don't go to an overweight trainer. You don't go to someone with mm. terrible hair to get your hair cut. No. So going to um, someone for wellness and for proactive prevention mm. and proactive performance, I would not be going to someone who hasn't been trying things. And, that, and that's that. what you specialise in these days, isn't it? You know what I mean? Um, with that sort of thing. And, and, and I am going for a stage with you at the moment. We've got our bloods done. We're about to do something. And I want to do a before and after with you because, you know, I am that guy. I want to live forever. I want to, and, you know, and I'll be quite honest, I've only, it's only been the last five or six years when I've dealt with my trauma. And part of that trauma journey recently was psychedelics. Yep. Bang. New level. This this year has been the best stage of my life, mental health wise. After I done, like it was only three sessions. You know? Yeah. Well, and, you don't need lots. I mean, some of the stuff that will probably work out in some of my theories around, like the way our synapses are created in our brain, and and how when we're young they're more malleable and they get less and less malleable as we get older. Mm. Sadly, because if you think about it, nothing about um, evolution says that we should be. Uh, fun, fit, lean, horny, and forty. We're, we should be young, dumb, full of, full of cum. You said it. Anywhere you want it to be. To- totally. That, I mean, that's evolution. There's nothing about. I mean, we now like when I was a nurse um, twenty years ago. Like seventy-five was a good innings. Like yeah. you, you could retire at sixty-five, tolerate your partner moderately, like your children die at seventy-three, and you're like, oh, well done. You, know, you get thirteen years after retirement. Yeah. Fuck them, shit. And now, but now, like in twenty years, we've moved twenty years on, and it's going to be choices that we're making in our forties and fifties that are the difference between being that seventy, seventy-five year old who's travelling and 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 having fun and still exercising and being strong. This is the thing: staying strong, staying fit will be what helps you to go long and 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 be healthy. I um, tell me about this, like. Oh, look at guys, right, and you go to gym, big muscly guys and everything like that, and they go, mate, you've got to be on all of this. You've got to be on Tesh, you've got to be on Anava, you've got to be on all this. Is there any other way to, to get them sort of builds without? Oh, I mean, totally, but I guess the other thing is is working out what you actually want. I mean, when you go to the gym and you chat to lots of people, I mean, there's a reason why you don't see roided up gym junkies at 60, and that's because they're dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the biggest thing that I try and do is never sacrifice your future for your present. Mm. And lots of these people don't understand and they want results now. And I understand, I want results now. Yeah, I mean, same. I want everything yesterday. Mm, I mean, one of the reasons why I did biomed is that I, um, biomedical science, is that I went bald all mm. of a sudden. And I was like, stuff this. I'm not going to go bald. So then I started working out ways and the different facets because we all focus often on one pathway to do things and for People in the gym, it's often just testosterone. Mm. But high levels of testosterone is not great because mm. these sorts of hormones are ubiquitous. They, they bind to receptors that are good and bad. So a far better way to do this is when I chat to people, I'm like, yeah, yeah look, yes, you can get these results, but one at the detriment of, of what in a few years? Because I see so many patients who have been doing this. Yeah, they're ripped. Mm. Amazing. Haven't had an erection in five years. What, who who fucking cares? Me. What's the point? Yeah, what's the, that's not living. No. So so the thing is, is people, I've had three today. No. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and morning. Morning, glory. Um, and, and I chat to people. I'm like, well, one, I anything that, that could have a an effect that and, – and essentially our bodies are lazy, like I said before. They're not designed to kind of keep doing things. that They pick up patterns. Mm. And if you give it something exogenously from outside your body – it will go, oh, it's there. I'm going to stop making it. Yeah, yeah. That's in, in regards to your testicles shrink when you start ingest, you know, injecting or ingesting, you know, testosterone. I can be equiv- I can be a testament that I've had balls like sultanas at times and it's not sort of rewarding when your girlfriend has a bit of a look at them and goes, where's your balls? No, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, um, 
I mean, look, I mean, I've abused steroids. I've abused. I remember going to see a doctor once, and he said, "What are you taking?" I told him, I was, "He said, mate, you're you're a stroke waiting to happen." Mm. And, that, and this bro science is a killer. That's what's killing a lot of these blokes. A lot of blokes going to the gyms and just trying to work it out themselves, and not going to someone like yourself, and not feeling like they can chat to someone because at the same time, lots of GPs and doctors don't know about it yeah. and haven't tried these sorts of things and haven't done these sorts of things. I, I mean, there's not many things that I probably haven't tried and, and or made and, and know about because at the end of the day, you get great effects from parts of the testosterone, but you've got an androgenic and you've got an anabolic part, mm. just like you're a teenager. So, yeah, 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 you get growth, but you also get anger and all these other things. And then so the other what, part is you don't even know how much you need. You, yeah. you, you might have had the same That's clinical the results. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you could be on a quarter. And you don't even know because everyone just starts off on, on 250 milligrams of, of sus once a week mm. and then they do it for 12, 16 weeks. And, yeah, it, it's great for the first time. They have a little bit of a trough afterwards. And then the, the receptors work it out and it's not the same as second. Well, often correct? not the same as second. But but if you do it in your 30s, it's going to recover faster than your 40s. But mm. but we're living until 90. Mm. Like, I mean, what's the point of getting to 70 now and having 20 years of being decrepit and old and having all mm. these other things? And high test is is bad for... All, I mean, arteries, your heart, there's nothing healthy about having a high test. Mm. And we focus so much on one thing. Mm. But you've got, like, growth hormone and you've got tonnes of other receptors from, from, from thyroid and having high cortisol and not sleeping and then just having proper vitamin levels. Yeah. But also staging these things so that you target multiple things. Like, we just burn receptors. I mean, I always say it's very similar to, to like, type 2 diabetes where you burn out your insulin receptors because you've got high levels all the time. Mm. Well, your receptors get sick mm. of being high, and so they're like, oh, well, it's going to be high forever. So they stop being as effective. Yeah. And so you'll get a less and less effect. Yes, by 70-ish, we will need some amount of, of, of tests, but there are ways to do things far healthier like, have, manip like manipulating, like you talked to me, you've told me about, like I was talking about my visceral fat. My visceral fat's a lot, the stud on your stomach, on your lower stomach. Some doctors will tell you, the only way you're going to get rid of that is through liposuction. And I, you've told me a couple of things and I've done, I've done the two weeks of fasting, I can feel it reducing already. Like bang, 20, two 24-hour fast, one cup of coffee in the morning. Man, I felt like at that 24-hour mark I was on fucking coke or something, like I was charging. Oh, my energy levels through the roof. Exactly. Well, if you think about evolution, I mean, if you go out, try and hunt, and it turns out you're a crap hunter and or you don't catch anything that day, you go home hungry, and then the next day you can't just become a, a gatherer all of a sudden. So your body gives you a, a growth hormone and a testosterone release when you have that. So the next day you're like, bam, cool, I have to go hunt something now. Yeah. And that's and that's that physiological effect. And remember that, like, we often go and, and I mean, I, I've – studied the Bible and lots of things where it's like oh, we've been around for 12,000 years, whatever, it's crap. But the point is that we've got lots of the same organs and, and teeth and nails as as dinosaurs. Yeah. I mean, we share so much of our DNA and then we have our little little ju juvenile conscious mind that came around maybe 70 to 100,000 years ago who's a new kid on the block mm. making these decisions cognitively when you've got all of these other organs in your adrenal system, which, I mean... Lizards, dinosaurs were chased. They had to have adrenaline. We've had adrenaline for a long time. These sorts of things are going to kick in. And this is one of the reasons why uh, a lot of hallucinogenics and psychedelics are so important because if you go and try and approach a really difficult situation, yes, cognitively you can talk yourself through it, but at the end of the day you're competing with your juvenile brain against a very mature adrenal system. Mm -hmm. If it kicks in, there's no way you're not going to be able to compete against a fight or flight response. Mm -hmm. And so what these can enable you to do is look at the process differently or from a different perspective, which is some of the ketamine therapy and some of the things coming out as well. But they also help um, your brain to make new pathways around those difficult experiences so that you can bypass that adrenal adrenaline anxious response. I've done, done a bit of ketamine therapy. That was what I'd done over Christmas time. Man, I'm telling you, oh, my life since that, I, I can't recommend it enough. Like I'd done some serious trauma. I you know, had a couple of relapses back in the drug use because my trauma, my PTSD was kicking in and bang, I went and done it, man. I'm telling you, people are like, I'm focused right now. I'm so focused. My mental health is the, it's the 
best it's ever been. Nothing even close to it how it is now. I'm bouncing out of bed. Uh, the the journaling, you know, um, gratitude, intentions for the day, cold showers, I'm massive on them. Yep. They just turn my motor on, you know. Yep. And, and, and going to sit in, I go and sit in a cafe with all the construction workers just to get some, to be to be grateful and to be grounded and go, you know what, I'm glad I'm not on a building site today. I'm glad my phone's my office. I can go, I can meet interesting people as such as yourself. Talking of interesting people, you know, you, a lot of famous people come to you for their treatment. I'm not expecting you to tell me because, you know, you're sworn to secrecy and most probably a rest. But what do they come to you for? Oh, gosh. I guess part of it is that, I um, I always say, look, I'll stop prescribing and making different things when I stop taking them. Mm. And so it's not just something that just all of a sudden one minute I didn't have people talking about these sorts of things and next minute there, there's a whole lot of people that have, have a um, notoriety. But I think part of it is that over the years that I've known them, they've seen that I work pretty hard. And you're one of the most hardest working people I've ever met. Like you are on the, mate, your life is just planes, trains and automobiles. Well, no trains, but planes and trains. Planes and cars and automobiles. But you were just on the go, mate. You don't stop your phone, your work and everything. It's like, wow. It's And I guess this is something that I've been learning because you spend a but lot that's of your all life. Part, can I, sorry, can I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but your intentions are to fix people. What are great intentions? Like that's stayed with you since you were a kid. Yeah, yeah. So you work all them hours with your intentions. What a great intention! Sorry to interrupt you. No, it's um, it's something that I guess I'm I'm um, learning because a lot of intentions are just that, mm. and you spend a lot of your your life building up mm. uh, patient clientele, and then you go, actually, what am I doing this for? So, a lot of my self discovery the last while is having come through being very busy and and having lots of things going. But I started forgetting a lot of the the processes and habits that made me healthy mm. and able to sustain uh, those sorts of things because being busy, and I've been far too busy in my life at different times, and right and chasing and, and hustling and things is not something that I necessarily want to do. I I fell into that trap of that rat race mm. in a lot of ways because I stopped putting a priority on myself, and lots of doctors do this, lots of people in, in the health profession become get, get a saviour complex. And this mm. is a really, I mean, there's a good and a bad side to this, and I definitely have, have flirted with the, the really unhealthy side where probably now I'm realising a lot of the, the things that I thought I could get by hustling, mm. I would have had a lot easier time if I had have just paused, gone back to my journal and gone back to the things that I used to do before you get into. And, and, and I mean, there's been a pandemic and lots of stuff and we were in a big growth phase for our business. We had lots of clinics and things. And then you go kind of from overnight to this massive growth to then going, wow, you could be broken two months if you don't shut things down. Mm-hmm. And so it makes puts things in perspective a lot. And I think that having that intention is good and it's really important, but Finding self-love for you, I mean, charity starts at home. Yeah. And if you don't start having self-love and respect and going, no, I'm not like, yes, this person is famous and, and yes, there's a need, but there's always going to be one. You've got to have boundaries with those mm, people. Totally. Well, I think, I mean, you have to have boundaries with yeah, everyone. I agree. And, um, and I lost those boundaries because I – stopped doing the things that were for me, like the meditation, like exercise in the morning. I always say the things that matter most in your life you have to do first in the day. Yeah. So you get up, you uh, you, you you make love or whatever else or do that after of a make or spark or whatever else. Yeah. Do, do exercise. Meditation. After you make you make love after you've made love. That that's it. You make that's love it. you make love after you've had sex. Uh, well, that's all cuddle or go to the gym and ah, bit of anger. But it's um, but I think that one of the things we sacrifice on is we keep going. Oh, I'll do that later in the day. I'll do that later in the day. Yeah. The things that matter most to you have to happen first. Yeah. And, 
And I guess medicine, um, and you go and call and like medicine in a lot of ways is, is a crazy cult where you, you get <laughs> you get put through this baptism of fire and there's like, and it's getting better, but you, there's a lot of this like, I mean, I've, I've done so many shifts where it's like 36, 48 hours, which is not healthy in any possible no. way at all. No. And yet it was like you have to do this to kind of make it. Yeah. And um, and I think lots of doctors become unhealthy and disillusioned and it takes a long time to come back from from that because self-love is going, cool, let's stop and listen to what's going on here mm. because you keep giving in these environments but you, you, the, the, the tank is, is, uh, is never going to keep just being filled all the time unless you're filling it yourself. What fills your tank? Now it is and has been uh, over the last while, I mean, and it's been a rough six months because I um, uh, was doing so much and I'm uh, very ADD spectrum, so I... I've never that. picked it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I uh, went on all the different meds and and then I kind of didn't use them correctly, which I think mm. they should be used to complete tasks and then have a break. All I did was just do more and do more and do yeah. more. And so I went off everything because I was doing some stuff for a couple of TV shows where I had to do brain testing and all these other things. And looking at how different medications, even though they get you to uh, be more functional in different capacities, um, there's always there's always the the other side of the coin for for anything any medication that does something that that has an effect could can have a equal side effect or an equal um, uh, negative part and I think that lots of people are like oh I've just I'm distracted and I'm not getting lots of stuff done well yes but that's probably because you're not taking the time to listen to your body slow down a bit and actually make the right choices rather than go from one thing to the next to the next to the next. And for me, that's what I did. And so this year has been really, really, really hard because I went off all my meds I've been on for a few years and then, uh, I mean, and for uh, the, the, the process for that, I was scattered, so scattered for like a month or two, really, really scattered. And then you go, wow, I'm struggling to get up at even 7 o'clock in the morning to do mm. exercise. And for me that was a real wake-up call because I've always loved waking up early. So this yeah. whole year has literally been a gut bust and it has been awful. And, and I was just saying that finally this is the first week after like six months of slowly working um, back in it, and it, I mean, 10 minutes every kind of couple of weeks uh, to get earlier. And so today I finally woke up before my alarm at 4.30 for the first week that this has happened two days uh, in the week. But gosh, it has been to get habits back, keeping habits, keeping things going is so much easier than losing them and starting them again. But to, for your achievements, like through what you've achieved in three degrees, you would have had to have pretty good habits, wouldn't you? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I had great habits. I mean, part of that's from sport and farming. You get up early, you do the things first up. Yeah. And, and thankfully I had all those. Um, they got me through yeah. med school and everything. And now... I'm at the point where I'm finishing off um, my GP specialty as well as um, my Acrim specialty, which is a rural remote, um, uh, kind of like the MacGyver specialty. So you, you can kind of do a bit of surgery and a bit of everything. Yeah, cut a leg off. Oh, like, yeah, I mean, like, just for fun, though. That's, yeah. uh, that's, <laughs> um, but you can do lots of stuff. And yeah. so I'm finishing this and I'm back going, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm back starting up tw like 20 years. I mean, true, and I'm doing a PhD as well in, in some other bits and pieces on, on the on the very slow burn. But I think one of the biggest things is we all think you have to make drastic changes to get a big result. And, the, and one of the biggest things I say, look, if you can target a number of different things at a 1%. But ADD will allow you to do that. That's the advantage of having having that. And that's what I, I find. I've definitely got it. I can solve five different problems at once. I can have five different conversations at once too. Totally, but I don't but my realization a little bit is that I think people with ADD, I love that I've got the energy and I don't really have the the dips and I, yeah. I, I have a bit Same. of a hyper focus. But I think that I thought I was achieving a lot. Even though I started lots of things, mm. I didn't finish many. And yeah. the things I finished, I probably should have finished on the day that I started it. But it took me six months to come back to it. Yeah. And then I 
give myself a high five going, oh, yeah, I did something. I was like, that was six months ago. Yeah. I've delayed it. And so that's when some of the meds have been really helpful. But mm-hmm. I don't think we should be on them all the time. Yeah. I think you pick your days, do it, and then go, okay, well, I've, I've done those tasks now because it also reduces a lot of your creativity as yeah. well. I am. Um, what do you think? Majority of doctors are over-prescribers or under-prescribers? Oh, golly. Um, it, I mean, the, the mentality in medicine has definitely swung different ways a lot mm. and, and it's... The pharmaceutical companies uh, try to influence that? Definitely, definitely. Less so directly now, but more so around like people talking about weight loss and everyone jumping on things like Zempic and different mm. medications that, mm. that reduce your hunger. Well, I mean, any medication that, that is going to reduce your hunger and essentially put you in a starving mode, and I say this to lots and lots of women and more women than, than guys, is that your body's picking up patterns. And just like athletes have a muscle memory. You build up a stomach memory and your your body's not designed to be in starvation or or have a reduced amount of calories in being calorie deficit unless you have to lose lots of weight Mm. for a long time or what you'll end up doing is you're slowing down your metabolism. So when you come off these meds, you're going to put the weight back on. So it's about going, what are my objectives? What's my trajectory? What is my horizon going to be for my health. And that's what I like to work out with people because I go, yeah, you can look at your pathology results and there's a big spectrum of normal. Mm. If we cared about humans like we, like, or cars like we care about our blood tests, you'd have like burning wrecks everywhere by the side of the road Yeah, because we tolerate this huge spectrum of normal and people look at this, this trajectory going up or down without changing things. And so I think we have to start going, cool, no, this is, this is the future that I want. These are the things I'm going to start doing. I'm going to make incremental changes that really don't have to be huge. Like I'm not talking about jumping on loads of different meds, but a whole lot of one percenters over a few years rather than going back half a percent on mm. each different area. If you break your life into like, I mean, energy and immunity, sleep, skin, hair, sex, mm. uh, performance, recovery, um, uh, psycho spiritual, any of these things, if you want to have them later in life, you're going to have to start practicing. It's not just training your body. Yeah. If you want to have a good brain later on in life, you, you need to set the foundations. That's going to the gym, that's doing things. And, I, and one of the things I say to patients, if you want to uh, go slowly backwards over the next 10 years, do it two times 30 minutes a week. If you want to go slowly forwards over 10 years, incrementally, do it three times a week. If you want to jump a level and go from being uh, a base level to it being an okay in in strength or cardio or or concentration, these things take time and you need to prioritise. You can't just think that, oh, my gosh, and I talk to patients all the time, they're like, oh, my, my, my dick's not working. And I'm like, well, have you been practising? Like you just think that it's just going to keep working? You don't mm. go and, and not play sport for a whole long time and then think, oh, great, I'm going to... Yeah. Do that. And we have these expectations that it's just going to work. It's not going to keep working. And I want to keep having sex well into my hundreds. Same. So I'm going to have to get everyone else to at least like 90 <laughs> or 100 just to be an outlier. Because um, I know you're passionate like stuff. Like I remember someone saying, a friend of mine saying to you about, you talk about that, you're saying, you know, you ask, I think the question you asked is what sort of coffee do you have? And they said an almond and you sort of give them the breakdown on, why almond milk is so bad. Oh, man, I, I've turned off it this morning. I'm, I'm to oats now, if that's any better. But, but um, you know, you, you talk about the chemicals involved in producing almond milk. Well, not only the chemicals. I mean, it, environmentally it uses more water than any of the other non-cow milks and mm. it has the least amount of health benefits. Mm. And so in, tw- in the last 20 years we now have all these people with, with uh, uh, I mean, jumping on social media coming across as uh, as an authority when really uh, they've got no experience, they've got no science backing mm. and we're talking about uh, a, a huge shift and I think it's going to level out and I hope it will because lots of people have been g- getting given platforms. I mean you, you, I mean, you look at the US and how polarised mm. um, the US is and Australia is becoming like that mm. because we are, I mean, I don't know 
even what my past history of of searches were on, online, no one has that information. So no one has the information of what I've been marketed to. And mm. it can be very insidious, a lot of mm. the stuff that, that you get. And I I mean, I, I did a, uh, a video uh, maybe a week ago about all these people talking about oats being bad for you. I'm like, well, I mean, yes, lots of things could be bad for you if you have too much. Yeah. And if you don't have things in the right way. Um, and this is oats for breakfast. I'm like, oats are fantastic for I breakfast. Love I love oats for breakfast. That's my favorite. Porridge is my favorite breakfast. Totally. But but if you're going to have it with like cream and milk and all the other bits every single day of the week, mm. like, I mean, nutritious things have low calories with high nutrients. Mm. And I think we often go, oh, I'm, I'm doing things really healthy. I'm having a uh, a seven day juice cleanse. I'm like, look, if you want, if you're meant to have 40 carrots a day, you'd be born a rabbit. Like that's, mm. if you can eat 40 carrots, good on you. Mm. You get the fiber and everything else. Hopefully, hopefully we're, we're reverting back to um, uh, a process where we're taking a bit more ownership. And I like that lots more patients are coming in and are Googling things. Hopefully they're not diagnosing themselves because it's good to have information, but you need to be able to process that information and how it relates to you because what works for me is not going to work perfectly for you. Because you're somatotype, yeah. The different somatotypes will create different results. Right? Yep. Somatotypes, we've got three different types of somatotypes in there, yep. endomorph and mesomorph and ectomorph. Yeah. And you can't change your somatotype. You can't say, well, I'm an endomorph, I want to be an ectomorph. Everyone wants to be. An ectomorph is high muscle density, low fat, wide shoulders, small hips. An endomorph, narrow shoulders, white hips. That's what I learned in my cert for. I'm just trying to sound like a doctor. I'm oh, sorry. No, that was my doctor na- moment. I mean, you're, n- you're nailing it, actually. <laughs> that sounded pretty really convincing. Um, I mean, no one's here asked me for my qualifications. So yeah. um, it could be <laughs> just yeah. found me on the street. Um, I think that the, – and then, and then there's a combination. And as we do more DNA testing, we'll be able to go, cool, well, these are my uh, – the DNA that I've got, yes, in some ways, we can change some of these things up in a healthy way over time. Um, but there's benefits and negatives to both. I mean, there's it'd be interesting to have a look at over time, and, and I, I don't know this um, off the top of my head, but but lifespan compared to, I mean, tall people who are potentially ectomorphs with lots of muscle um, and, and then compared to, to, uh, to different body types and what that says about your your health. Um, the other part that we're just just delving into is is the complexity of our gut health and the complexity of of, of the bacteria in there and the trillions. Do you of reckon bacteria. that's right? Like a lot of a lot of research now is indicating your health comes from you know your gut health. Your mental health comes from your gut health. Everything comes from your gut health. Is it, do you do you attest to that? Totally. Well, I guess the the biggest thing is is that nutrients have to be found in the food first off, mm. and then they have to be the right ones for you. So mm. one, if it's not found in, in, in green leafy vegetables and meat anymore, like B12 for lots of people mm. are deficient in these sorts of things, you then have to break it down, absorb it, and then it has to circulate. And then you have to have the receptors for it. Mm. And people have, I mean, just, just like we have different uh, external characteristics, we have different gut bacteria that are going to be predominant at different times. And so settling those things down and working out, how we um, digest and process and ferment different foods is going to be, um, and, and it's already a huge, huge industry, mm. but that will be a, a massive part of how, but there's a lot of studies looking at um, optimising gut health and and people who are on a spectrum of, of, a, of, of a disorder changing their, their their rating on that spectrum drastically just by improving their absorption of different things and reducing a lot of the inflammation. Everything, in my opinion, is about uh, the inflammation that's going on. And this is about getting so many different... We're continually bombarded with with information and, and food and sugars and all of these different things. And our bodies are often really hyper-reactive. Mm. Combine that with some cortisol mm. and our bodies become very... Uh, unable to process lots of things like they even would just because you you feel sick in their guts because you've got you've had six coffees because you had to get a thing done first thing in the morning, those sorts of things are, are not good for long term health. And I think we're going to have to start looking at um, uh, those parts a lot more. And hopefully, we will get far better testing 
mechanisms so that we can go, cool, not only have we got this genetic testing, we've got these epigenetics, we've got your family history, we've got what you can absorb, we've got your blood type, we've got these 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 pillars, now let's start building a structure that that makes sense and that, that has a good foundation so that you can stop worrying about lots of these other um, uh, parts because I, I see patients come and see me and they think they're doing the right things. Mm. I mean, everyone wants to be happy and healthier and, and have this great life. And a lot of people try really hard, but they're not absorbing the nutrients they think they're getting. Yeah. My foot, I've got a foot and I was full of arthritis. I was full of arthritis, right? And I got one of those 75IU hematropin growth pens. Yeah. By the end of that 75IU, I haven't had it. I haven't, I haven't had arthritis since. And the bloke told me, a bloke, you know, and he said, I'm, this is off the record. I'm going to help you do this off the record. So the doctor took a bit of a chance because it was buckling. I couldn't even put a shoe on. Yeah. Look, those sorts of things, I mean, all of these levels go down over time. Mm. And and there is no doubt we recover better when we're younger. Mm. And so the key thing is, though, if you're going to be doing those sorts of things, is making sure you know your levels and you use When you say levels, like that word blood testing for it to see what... Yeah, blood If testing. there's any cancer markers. Well, not any cancer markers, but seeing what your levels are to see whether, one, are you still producing it? Could we just use um, maybe a type of peptide or, or other product? Mm. Um, and peptides are chains of amino acids that if you've got less than 50, it's a peptide, more than 50, it's a protein. Mm. So fragments of proteins, but they're easier to make because they're smaller mm. and they're more stable. So we're making, and this is where medicine will go and you think more that's more. the way that they're going to, the medicine's headed towards the use. Because remember a few years ago, peptides were a really bad word. Like when remember the Cronulla football team was like, oh, this is a big no-no. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess, I mean. Were they doing a bad thing, do you think, at the time? Well, I think with lots of people doing it. So we're always trying, I know I say, look, um, I'm going to help you to cheat at life. Like when I write a book, I'm going to call it Doctor's Guide to Cheating at Life because mm-hmm. at the end of the day we want to optimise ourselves. And mm-hmm. if we aren't professional athletes and there's not restrictions in place, then you're not breaking your own code of conduct. Mm-hmm. What happens with these, with a lot of the things that went on in Australia mm-hmm. is that not only were they knowingly taking things that they knew were banned, mm-hmm. but one of the things is actually they were falsifying the names. And these are still scheduled medications. Mm. You need to have a script. You mm. need to have a doctor to write out the script. If it was completely uh, fine um, to do it, and, look, and a lot of them are, are injectables and things as well. So, mm. I mean, you're just crazy to go and grab something from a from someone at the gym and just think you're doing it the right way. Maybe if you've done it for a long time and we know those levels mm. and you look, I'm not going to condone anything like mm. that because at the end of the day, I've fixed lots of my issues. I mean, I pulled out a sport because I broke my back over a long period and was in lots of pain on opioids and I got into peptides because people were cheating on them in sport. Mm. And I was like, well, I want to fix myself. I'm not playing sport anymore. And now I don't have any of those issues. And I've been um, using them and making my PhDs actually on some peptides that help to reduce inflammation in joints Yeah, because – we're all uh, gonna have it, and then you got yeah. What's that? What's that injection they give you when uh, when you got the inflammation? It's really bad for your stomach. Oh, uh, like Ketorolac, and there's a few. No, different what's ones. The, the the most common cortisone. one? Cortisone. cortisone. Yeah. So I mean, cortisone, like any steroid, helps to reduce inflammation. So it is good if you've got like tendons and ligaments, and they have to slide, and they've got inflamed for some reason, and they're getting impinged. So they're getting basically squashed mm. because of the inflammation. However, it doesn't help to heal. It doesn't help to to regrow a tear and those sorts mm, of so things. So it's just sort of delay, sort of a thing, is it? A little bit. I mean, depends. It depends on what your injury is. But I think it has a great um, use for the right patient at the right time in the right mm. area. However, for for me, it's for me. I've cha- I've I've optimized my life a lot with with. Oh, other you sorts look of like you're 22 years old. Um, that's, I mean, that's unfair. I mean, nothing is is original anymore. Mate, from my nipples to my hairline. It's, uh, <laughs> I made my my, my face and uh, body look like my brothers. They yeah. got, they got the good genes. Yeah, well, isn't that good? But it's so exciting. Like you make medicine sound exciting. What what's ahead? You know. And I guess I'm getting more excited about it as well. And lots of the reasons why I'm going back to study is that I want to start talking about these things that doctors come under attack. 
I mean, any person can go put in an anonymous complaint and I get a call up from from the governing body to say, mm. you're under investigation, we'll get back to you in two months. I know so many doctors who have got terrible mental health because they've had a single complaint mm. and then they're under investigation, which they don't even know what it's about. Mm. But, I mean, there's a lot of um, fear in medicine of trying new things without having lots and lots and lots of um, other doctors moving towards it. So it's about mm. changing public opinion and public questioning so that they're asking those questions. And this is why we've got now psychedelics and things in Australia. Because That's people, exciting. And, like, and, and, and CBD and, and cannabis. And like I'm not even saying have these things in, in, a, in a dosage that you are cognitively changed. Microdosing these sorts of things. I mean, you don't feel vitamin C or no. collagen powder. No. But it, it's amazing. Like it's working in the background. You don't have to feel... The things. Yes, there's some great results for some people who have got under the right circumstances to to have a, uh, a dosage that would put them into a, a wonderful state for mm. a little while and be talked through. And there's some great mm. examples of that. But for a lot of people, it's also very fearful. And they've I, I have lots, just as many patients, not just as many, but I know a lot of people who have had bad experiences from doing things like that, thinking they're doing the right thing too quickly. So I, I just say, look. Find someone that that you can chat to. Find a GP that you can ask these questions of. If you if they're not that GP, and they're not going to question their own, uh, and that's like a general practitioner or, or any practitioner, um, keep researching or, or send me some questions, and I'll I'll chat to you. And how do how, how do we how do the listeners get hold of you? Um, through you, I will give you them your number, right? That's, that's it. No, um, I, I do a fair bit of telehealth stuff and have a few clinics around the, the, the country. So if you jump online and, and Google me, you'll be able to get an appointment and whatever else. Google and, Dr. Zach Turner or what? tell, tell us what they Google. It's, uh, I think my <laughs> my website's getting updated. It's um, drzach.com. Um, but if you just go uh, Dr. Zach Turner, there'll be some links and and, give uh, them a follow. Give them a follow on Insta, and that be, really get behind. We've got to get. I think society has got to really push for people like yourself. Like, here's you've got an open mind. You're not. You're not scared of these. You know what I mean? Like, like oh, I don't like to. You, like, you're not scared to be shut down either. You've got thick skin. Yeah, I mean, it's that's taken a lot of time. I mean, I've I've had lots of people put in anonymous complaints over the years about things I've said on radio and and. And TV, and and it is very terrifying at the beginning. Thankfully, now a lot of the 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 things. I mean, when it's your first one, it's a hundred percent of the the time. Mm. Now now that I've had twenty or thirty or forty, and I know the process and to go through it. But for for doctors, it, it's still now, and I'm finishing my specialties even after being a doctor for for more than ten years and having nursing and science and all that sort of stuff. Finishing this off, so. You, you are more protected and you do have a have a body of colleagues that that you can ask questions of and I guess the biggest thing is is going cool well I mean I'm only human um, and uh, hopefully not only human I'm let, let's become a bit more superhuman let, let's uh, yeah you let's, are superhuman you are you are man I'm really I get to hang out with you um, on a social basis, and you are a ball of fun. What what are, what other business interests do you have? Oh gosh, trying to do less less of those and focus a bit more on um, on a couple of things. But I, I'm making a lot of products at the moment that mm. we've been trying and testing for for hair and skin and weight and energy. They'll be coming out over the next while and I've been working a bit on a couple of TV shows that are around kind of like a Bear Grylls meets Mythbusters where we can go and find the cool products, chuck them in the lab, see if they work, see on what population groups because mm. people jump on and, and, and start using something because their mate is. They've got a completely different body type, they, they're like gender in, in, in whatever way. So it's about going cool, having some trials where you can go, okay, that guy or that girl or that person, um, uh, I mean, we're we're, we're, we're all um, on this journey together, but that person I can kind of relate with and they're having this result that I'd kind of like, so I might mm. try this under these sort of circumstances. So I, I really want to be pushing down the path of, of finishing off these these specialties. And I mean, I still work and do a little bit of GP stuff, which is, which is great to keep um, doing that. And I do a fair bit of stuff in, like I said, the proactive 
um, performance yeah, and wellness no, and cosmetics and that sort of stuff as well. You do that, but you go back to, you know, like, I mean, you're at this elite level of, of, of being a doctor with these, you know, famous people and everything like that, but I've been to your practice and it's just like every everyday mums and dads and you're just in your element. It's like you don't treat them any different than you're treating a superstar that lives in Byron Bay. And maybe look, maybe one or two of them. Maybe <laughs> there's um, I think that's one of the things I've tried to keep doing because, mm-hmm. and maybe that's why I get on well with these guys is that the the the, the treatment and the the care is the same. I think that the 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 fun part of medicine is going to be over the next few years, and certainly the kids coming out and a lot of the stuff that we're now finding that are going to optimize lives for a lot longer. Um, and certainly the mental health side with, like, hopefully but, Alzheimer's and, and dementia. And, and do you think there's gonna, we're going to get a cure to that? Oh, cure or, or a, a huge reduction, huge yeah. reduction. And But a lot of this, I mean, there are lots of things that you do not have to spend money on. I mean, the, time and again, boxing, like, keeps coming up. Like, there is no better thing you could do for your health than doing boxing three times a week for 30 minutes. Oh, I love hearing a doctor say that. Nothing better. I love hearing doctors say that. Strong mind, strong reflexes, strong body, flexibility. You're my kind of doctor. I um, I'd see young doctors coming through now, and look, and they're, and they're 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 hearing about you know psychedelics for mental health. They're hearing about you know they're hearing about peptides for longevity and sort of that. Are they going to be better doctors than the ones that we've had these old school give you a Bex and? Yeah. Look, I. Very much hope that well. Certainly, look, when I started uni, we didn't have the um, the internet or there weren't yeah. things online. Now, just the collation, like being able to collate the data and see results, and you just have to go to conferences where you'd only get paper material. Mm. How the heck are you meant to know what someone else on the other side of the world is doing, who's also fascinated? I mean, I'm lucky now because I get to uh, have colleagues that are pushing boundary, like different yeah, areas of medicine and science, and then I can go, cool, that's actually been done, proven. Now how can I implement that and prescribe this and, and put this into practice for my patients and myself? Yeah. That's the other thing. Like I'm, I'm uh, uh, I said it before, but like charity sets at home, like you need to be caring for yourself yeah. and putting these things in place that, I, and I guess I, say, I always say, look, I'll stop prescribing things when I stop seeing a benefit in myself. Yeah, wow, what a great attitude to have. Dr. Zach Turner, it's been a privilege and a pleasure having you on the Stick Up podcast, mate. I know it's been a big effort for you to get here and I appreciate you, man. Not just as a guest, but as a friend. No, thank you. And um, look, I look forward to many, many, many more fun years. Yeah, up on the farm. Up on the farm, love it. Thank you for coming. <laughs>